This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Do so for fear of interrupting the relationship with uh, with China. And that, that is troubling if that is indeed the case. I think we should have taken steps uh, to prevent it from entering our airspace. Uh, and I'm not sure that we should have allowed it uh, to simply cross over the country, uh, cross over uh, what were obviously sensitive military sites. I, I don't I don't see the logic of that. All right, and I think context here is pretty important. The first voice we heard, Mark Esper, former Secretary of Defense under Trump, that second voice, I think even those, uh, some of the stronger comments because of who it's coming from, uh, Leon Panetta, uh, this guy was Secretary of Defense under Obama. He was head of the CIA. Uh, he was chief of staff. And so you have this guy that Biden undoubtedly had for eight years had some kind of close encounters with in the White House. Leon Panetta on the TV even going like, Joe, come on, dude. What are you doing? This, of course, has to do with the Chinese balloon finally shot down after I'm assuming. Here's my aluminum foil hat take. Uh, we spotted it uh, in. By the way, we had known it was in American airspace a lot longer than the transparent Biden administration let us know that it was. It gets to Montana near several military installations, makes its way. And I envision somebody. It's a drone. They say, well, it's just the weather patterns. I really believe somebody's up there controlling that thing. This is just my take. Don't go to work today and say, well, Brandon Rathard on Wake Up Mid-Missouri said this. This is just my take. Somebody was controlling that thing and drove it, by the way, right by Whiteman Air Force Base, all the way down I-70, and then by Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, and then it gets out over the ocean, and then Joe goes, I'm going to make a bold move here. Let's go ahead and shoot it down. Well, Joe, it's been here in the country for over a week at this point. What the hell are you doing, man? You know, Brandon, I, I read on some very reliable Facebook pages that if you take horse dewormer right now, all the data the Chinese took from your brain from the balloon, you will, they'll be erased. And that is the voice <laughs> of Scott Fawn. Host this week of Missouri Politics every Sunday locally on KMOS. Can be seen statewide, St. Louis, Kansas City, uh, usually on like the ABC affiliates. But you can check your local listings. Brian Houseworth is here. Good to see you. There's Mr. John Marsh. Yes, sir. Producer Hannah is there. What up? Steph is back on Monday. My name is Brandon Rather. So I do want to bring in for a few minutes here. Third uh, Congressional District Congressman Blaine. Luke Meyer, welcome into the show. I want to ask you to start right away. What's next in Washington, D.C. today as it relates to this Chinese spy balloon, Congressman? Well, I think there'll be a call for some hearings. I think there'll be a call for some briefings by the administration. Uh, thanks for having me in this morning, by the way, guys. Um, yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to want some answers on this. Uh, this is ridiculous what they did. They allowed a Chinese, a known Chinese balloon to float across our country unstopped at any point until it reached the ocean across the other side of the country. Um, this is this is the height of folly. Uh, you know, normally what these the Chinese are doing and, and the North Vietnamese as well, uh, North, Viet, uh, North Koreans as well, is they will, they will, you know, throw some, you know, missiles out there and some planes and just to see what our reaction is going to be so they can, they can plan accordingly. I mean, they want to know, you know who's where, where, what Air Force Base is going to have their planes? Uh, you know, uh, up in the air. What kind of planes are you going to have? What kind of missiles do they have? How are you scrambling your your uh, your fleets? How do you how do you what are you doing? You know, and, and this situation, you know, to me, I can't believe that they don't have some spy satellites up above us right now. They're looking at all these installations. Um, they're getting a closer look, perhaps, with this balloon, but. To me, this is really dangerous from the standpoint that this could be carrying a nuclear device which could be exploded in the atmosphere and have the EMP, the electromagnetic pulse effect, 
which would decimate whole areas of the country. I mean, this isn't going to just do like one city or even just a suburb. This is going to decimate entire areas of the country when they do this. And they explode these nuclear devices in the air versus the ground, and it fries your electrical grid, so you have no electricity. It fries your computer systems, so you have no computerized, anything that's computerized, everything from your phone to your car to the planes in the sky, your computers, uh, even your microwave is all fried. Nothing works. And so this is how you stop a country anymore, and, and it doesn't blow people up and blow up buildings. It just decimates them to the point where they can't function. And uh, so for them to allow the balloon to go across the country unmolested, are you kidding me? This is crazy. And Congressman, you and I, one of the things that we have in common, we have grandkids, and my grandkids are in Idaho, and that's in the continental U.S. at least. That's where it was first apparently spotted. We didn't know that from our uh, from our very open uh, uh, administration. Um <laughs> But it was over Idaho, and that's what I'm thinking. You have grandkids too, and I and I think, and I don't want to oversell this. And I wasn't in the I, I wasn't in the cellar crying with all my cans of you know uh, soup that I'm that are going to keep me alive for the next few years. <laughs> but I was I'm worried about my grandkids. You have grandkids, and you hear the administration's response. Well, let's just see what it does when it comes to your family. How do you react to this, Congressman? Well, these guys are asleep with switch on so many fronts. I mean, this right here, it, 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 you know, for them to do nothing, a lot of things, knowing that it, it, you know, they spotted already in the Aleutian Islands, which is off the coast of Alaska, and they let it go all the way across the country. This shows incompetence in my mind. Look at how they handle Afghanistan, totally incompetent. You know, the other day we were in one of our committees, and I asked the question with regards to the sanctions that went on uh, Russia as a result of the invasion of Ukraine. I said, okay, that's that's wonderful. I think I agree with your sanctions. Now, let's stop and think about this. China, China is going to invoid, invoid, uh, invade Taiwan shortly. We, that's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Have you got plans in place to sanction China? It was like a deer in a headlight look when I asked the, the Treasury people and the Federal Reserve people about sanctions. It's like, aren't you guys thinking any farther than any of your nose? Have you no planning? Have you no foresight? This, I'm just an old bumpkin from the hills here in the central Missouri. I could figure that out. These guys are asleep with the switch on so many fronts, it's scary. Congressman, we always appreciate you joining us live on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And I know you're very busy, obviously, with what's happening on Capitol Hill. Timing is is important. And just a couple of weeks ago, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, appointed you to serve on the Select Committee on China. Now we have this balloon incident. So two quick questions. One, should your committee, not I know you don't chair it, you remember, should the Select Committee on China hold hearings on this? And two, I looked out uh, from our radio station. It appeared to me, and if it wasn't directly over, it was very close. That balloon was very close to the Callaway nuclear plant in your district. Your thoughts on that? No, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think our, at a very minimum, our committee needs to have a briefing, a classified briefing on what the world went on here. Um, yeah, I sit on that committee. I'm also the chair now of the Financial Services Subcommittee on International Finance and Joseph Finance, World Bank, IMF, that kind of stuff. But it also is focused on China. So I have a focus on China for the next two years uh, from all different fronts. And so, especially with the financial services part, that's why we brought me in to the, to the committee to give them financial services perspective of why we are funding to the tune of trillions of dollars every year to, under, to underpin the entire Chinese economy, their military, their oppression of their people. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we need to have a, a hearing uh, or a briefing on that from the administration ASAP. 
uh, this can't happen again. There needs to be something in place when these things go up there, a protocol, that when they enter our airspace, they come down. Um, I, you know, to me, I would have what I would have done is I would have punctured the balloon in a way that it would have come down slowly so that you could capture all of the electronics on there. If they blow it up in the air and it falls to the ground, it's going to, you know, you're going to have something in a million pieces. I would have tried to do something in a way that would have allowed it to come down. You could capture electronics, and from that, you could tell exactly what's going on here. They may know already, but I think it's important that we try to recover as much as we can of this. He reps Missouri's 3rd Congressional District, Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Congressman, talk to us about the bill you introduced last week that was kind of a weird name, the Chinese CBDC Prohibition Act. What's that all about? Yeah, we, we, we're, we're in the process of trying to play footsies with the Chinese with their, with their, uh, with their currency and with their, <laughs> with their, and, and with their economy. And what I'm trying to do is pull back from that. It's the first step to try and pull back and don't do business with China uh, on, on, at the currency level, at, uh, at any kind of a level whatsoever, quite frankly. But, um, you know, this, this, uh, this, this enables uh, us to be able to begin to authorize, to begin to think about doing something different. See, the Chinese have their own digital currency. And what they do with that right now is use it to surveil their people. You know, if we play games with them and allow, we allow that digital currency to come to this country, suddenly now they could surveil us and whoever uses that and utilizes that currency. So this is uh, this is just another way for them to get into our country, uh, whether it's through trade, whether it's through us uh, investing in their, their stock market, investing in their manufacturing. You know, we they've got a thousand companies on our stock exchange and we invest about a trillion dollars a year into their stock market. We invest about $300 billion in manufacturing. Um, a half a trillion dollars worth of trade deficit with them. You know, we invest about $1.8 trillion in the Chinese economy. We are propping them up. For perspective, imagine if Ronald Reagan, sitting across the, the, the table from, from Gorbachev back in 1986, had to deal with Gorbachev in a way that we have you know, supported China. We're, we're pouring millions of, of billions of dollars into the Russian economy, and he couldn't have wean them off of that by, by doing what Reagan did. He forced Gorbachev to change his whole economic model away from his people and toward a military production of some sort, where the Chinese, we're funding that farm right now. We are funding the land that's going to eat us at some point. This is asinine what we are doing. It's got to stop. Uh, hopefully we can wake up uh, the American people the fact that they get the pressure on their leadership to stop doing business with China. Congressman, I had a question for you, just a simple southeast Missouri hillbilly to a central Missouri country bumpkin. Uh, well, hillbilly to hillbilly. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I remember back a month ago, I was watching TV, and there's this old boy from Florida. He kind of looks like Pugsley Adams. I think he used to date teenagers. So this weird guy. I think his name was Gats or Gates or something. He held your whole caucus up for a week. It wouldn't vote for the speaker. And I'm just thinking to myself, when I hear Blaine Luke Tamari, he sounds like central Missouri. He sounds like a successful, grown businessman. How's it going in a room with clowns like that? How, how y'all really getting along? Well, you have to understand Matt Gates. Matt, <laughs> when he first got elected, uh, he made the comment that he was there to become famous, so he could be a famous congressman, so he gets his own TV show. So, if you understand, that's where he's coming from with everything he does. Well, as a child star from the Adams family, I'm sure he probably wants to get back in the game. <laughs> well, and if you look at his history, my goodness, he's uh, he was indicted for sex trafficking. Uh, he's just a his parents built him a studio in their basement so he could 
make sure he get his lines down, the way he presents himself on TV. I mean, you know, I don't like to disparage my colleagues, but you asked a question, and yeah. I want to give you an honest answer. This guy is is all about Matt Gates. He's not about. He's not conservative. He's not about the the country. It's about what he can do to get himself on TV and become famous. That's that's all it is. So how's so everything yes, going when you get in that room together? <laughs> well, you know, we we have to work with each other. Our margins are are, are narrow, yeah. and so we've got to find a way to come to common ground on some things to be able to get you know his point of view to match with our point of view. He he doesn't get everything he wants. Trust me, behind closed doors, he he gets chastised a lot, but. He does make some good points from time to time, and we, we work with him and some of the folks that um, are, are, are similar in, in thought process. But I think at the end of the day, in order to get things done, you have to be a team player. You have to be a part of the team and do things as a team. And when you do it on a, on by yourself and kind of be out front, you uh, you undermine the efforts of everybody. It's kind of like if you're a, if you're a wide receiver on the team and the, uh, the quarterback calls a running play and you go out there for a pass, you, you just screwed up the whole play because you missed your block, and now your runner is going to get tackled behind the line. So, this is this is what happens whenever we don't have everybody on the same page. And that's one of the things that happens, or if you try to work together, you get accused of being a rhino. Congressman Blaine <laughs> Luke Meyer here on the show. Uh, as oh, anything else that you need to add before we let you go? Well, I was uh, I flipped you guys out this morning. I got in the car about six o'clock this morning, and uh, I was listening to you with regards to your digital currency uh, discussion. So that falls right in my committee. We have a lot of uh, discussions, on, a lot of presentations on it. I know with the FTX, um, continue, we've already had some investigations into it. We'll continue to do that. So if you'd love to discuss that issue sometime, I'm sure your listeners are glad to have that discussion. So, as a banker, uh, you got any of that stuff, Congressman? I'm sorry. As a banker yourself, oh, no. do you got any of that stuff? Absolutely not. That's, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is more dangerous than going to Las Vegas, quite frankly. Um, I think, you know, as we get into the discussion, I think there be. I think we're in the, the the beginning stages of this. I think you'll see a lot of of stuff go on over the next five years. As a, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember Scott whenever they brought out credit cards, and you start out with credit cards. There's about a hundred of them, and now it's went up down to about four or five. And I think that's what we'll see with crypto. And I think you'll see crypto divided into two different kinds. There'll be kind that is stable coins, which is reserved against, and you'll find the other kind, which is basically it's a it's I think it's a commodity. I think it's an investment that you just roll the dice on. And I think you'll wind up with two. But we're in the beginning stages of this, and we'll see how it shifts out. You already see a lot of companies coming and going in this space, um, and there's going to be some more. This is not. This is just the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen. But yeah, it's 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 a very interesting space, and um, people who are doing this, buyer beware. All right, it Congressman is, Blaine. There's limited limited amount of uh, regulation on it. Blaine Lukemeyer. We got to cut it off there. Thank you so much for your time on the show this morning. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri with Brandon Rathert. There's little twist only. Stephanie Bell can bring you. Stephanie is going to be back on Monday. The economy of a Super Bowl right now. The Chiefs and the Eagles. Phoenix, Arizona. Well, technically, they're in Glendale, Arizona, but it'd be like saying Super Bowl's in Columbia. Really, it's in Ashland. Same difference. Suburb, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, typically, you most... You can get away with that because Stephanie's not here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I don't have to be... Or Houseworth is not in the room right now. He, <laughs> oh, it's, it's Glendale, Brandon, and that's why we love Brian Houseworth and we love <laughs> Stephanie Bell. They're a stickler for details, and rightfully so. Uh, typically, anytime a city hosts a Super Bowl, about two hundred and fifty to half of two hundred and fifty million to five hundred million 
$1,500. That's just for the town itself. doesn't include TV revenue for all the commercials and all that stuff. But typically about $250 million to $500 million. That's the boost to a city's economy whenever they host the Super Bowl. And this separately kind of in, uh, interesting. Phoenix police investigating $100,000 worth of property stolen from the Super Bowl experience. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. From seeing. And you can judge for yourself, but you cannot have this conversation and exclude my voice from it. That is only fair. You have to answer the question, am I canceled or not? <laughs> then let's go. Thank you very much and good night. And that was the mic drop. Dave Chappelle, it was prior to his, um, the closer. Uh, coming out and he's and people wanted to cancel it because he had comedy about LGBTQ stuff. He had comedy about some things and some people got triggered and found it uh, uh, offensive. And he's like, so don't let them cancel it. You watch this for yourself. See exactly what I'm doing. He said, number one, it's just comedy. Back up. It's just comedy. And the other thing he said, these people are trying to cancel it without let, without even letting you decide, without letting you watch it and decide for yourself whether or not this is in poor taste. I love Dave Chappelle so much. I am not just a new school Chappelle fan. Like some buddies of mine, now that he's kind of scraping with the LGBT community, I'm an old school. From the minute I saw Clayton Bigsby in the first Chappelle show, the black white supremacist, come on, I have been Chappelle old school. Love him. Black white supremacist was uh, a bit that he did on his Comedy Central show. It's this guy who was a white supremacist. Was blind. <laughs> he was blind. <laughs> he was black. He didn't know that he was black. <laughs> but that's what David did. He said, It was so funny. Yeah, here's comedy, and let's talk about it. Oh, and by the way, and if you get if you get triggered by it, you it's comedy. And people, well, words matter. It's comedy. My gosh, that's all it is. Uh, and was especially pleased to see that he won last night. Grammys he won for Best Comedy Performance. That was one I would have bet a week's Friday. I would have bet a week's worth of Hannah Hannah's salary. Seriously? Yeah, I'm all in, huh? You're all in, really. You're committed. And, and I would have bet a week's <laughs> worth of your salary that he wouldn't have won. And you would have been out a week's worth of your salary had I made that bet. Why don't you ever bet your own salary? Yeah, well, you'd have been double you? up, Hannah. I mean, Chappelle came through for you. Uh, I, I bet producer Hannah, it's the sureness of what I'm betting on. For example, I have never lost ever, ever in my life, in my entire career here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I've never lost a million dollar bet ever. So there's nice. the, the million dollar bet. Then there's the bet beyond that. If I'm wrong, I will walk down Missouri Boulevard in Speedos <laughs> uh, to bet I've never lost. Thank God. <laughs> Weeks worth of Hannah's salary. We came this close, Hannah. I would have taken that bet Friday. There's no way that Dave Chappelle would have won. we got to come up with a speedo bet now. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, by the way, and there was another uh, interesting. So Beyonce sets a record. More Grammys than anybody else. She beat some song producer or something like that. Another interesting win last night. Willie Nelson, the redheaded stranger. Uh, I see it on the internet here where he won for a country album, A Beautiful Time. Love Willie Nelson. When Willie Nelson and Dave Chappelle are both winning awards, well, that award show might be all right. <laughs> it's been a good night. And then it's for some perspective. I was asking uh, Hannah 
uh, because I think you know the answer to this already. People say, did you watch the Grammys last night? You already know the answer uh, yeah. to that. But I was asking Scott Fawn. You've got kids. Uh, one of them actually been on. Scott Fawn, by the way, that's the other voice you're hearing this morning. Host this week in Missouri Politics. Has the publication Missouri Times. Talks about what's happening in Jefferson City. Um, your kids, did your kids watch the Grammys? Uh, my son, Gussie, and I, we did not. And how old's Gussie? He's six. Six. I, does, I don't think at 16, 26, or 36 he's going to watch the Grammys either. But my daughter very possibly may have. I know that when I look at this list of who won, I'm like, good Lord, I'm old. Mm -hmm. I recognize, like, ABBA. <laughs> and my daughter would know all these people. Yeah, <laughs> that's my checkbox right Dave there. Dave Chappelle. Like, I don't know uh, Daddy Yankee. Or, or really any of these folks. Uh, I, I just It really hits me just how how elderly I am as I flip through and see. Now, Adele I've heard of, but Steve Lacey, nah, Doja Cat, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just tapped out on being too old. Doja Cat, that's a smaller wild mountain lion that's relegated <laughs> to regions of the Pakistan mountains. Last seen near Poplar Bluff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Scott Fawn. There's John Marsh. Good morning. Producer Hannah is here. Hello. And Hannah, you were saying you thought even younger kids, younger than yourself, I'm assuming, like kids' kids, don't watch award shows anymore? No, I don't think so. No. I no. think in general, ratings are just falling off a steep cliff yeah. for award shows. Yeah. And I, I, now, I, now my, I will say, Sarah and Millie will watch the uh, Oscars. I don't know if they watch the awards part, but I think they like to watch early on. Like the star of something will walk through, like I guess like the A team will walk through in their in their outfits, and that's what they seem to want to watch more than the actual show, or you know like Remington Steele will come through or some or J.R. Ewing will walk through in his outfit, and that's what they kind of want to see. For some of the like music award shows, if I see something on social media after the fact, maybe a clip from a performance, I might go pull up the performance on YouTube and watch like one song, like when Will Smith punched a guy. I did look that one up yeah, several times. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we do the next day. Oh, I heard. I was listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri, and oh. they said this big thing happened on the show, and now I'll go in and look for it and watch it. Brandon, put your simple hat back on. Do you think the Will Smith punch was a work, like staged, or was that just real life? Uh, I think it was real life. I think it was real. I kind of don't. You, you think it was staged? Wow. I mean, like, I feel... hey, let's do this thing, and we're going to get press. And almost a year later, Scott Fawn and Brandon Rather will talk about it on Wake Up Mid Missouri. <laughs> I, I feel dangerous when I'm on an, an AM radio station and I'm the conspiracy theorist. Something's happening here. It feels very odd to me. I don't know. <laughs> you can grow up to be Rush. Oh, well, that's quite a compliment for a Southeast Missouri man. There you go. Hey, before we move forward, uh, I want to ask does anybody. No, and I'll tell you, it's not who you think it is. Uh, but does anybody know who this is? By the way, the guy that you hear joining in the background, <laughs> he is joining in singing his own lyrics. Is that Brian Hawksworth? <laughs> it's not Brian Hawksworth. Okay. the song i'm so lonesome i could cry yeah gary nolan start early <laughs> yeah we all we all know the song is that brian anson uh it's terry bradshaw oh wow that's <laughs> awesome so of course we know the original hank williams i think it was like 1950 so classic anytime you're talking hank williams you know it's a classic i did not know this the guy we're going to be what one of the guys we're going to be watching while our chiefs are on the super bowl sunday 
one of the guys we are going to be watching is Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. He's good. <laughs> well, I don't know that I would say that, but... I think that's pretty darn good. I'm I impressed. Do too. That, that's, that's slightly above karaoke quality. I'm so awesome. You don't think that's good, Brady? I, I, I think good. it's good. Michael Strahan doing harmony there. That's pretty good. Yeah. I could pull up a video of or a clip of Brandon singing. We could compare. Yeah, <laughs> we can. There we go. But my assessment would be the same. Uh, no, I guess it's it's okay. It's just I did know it was Terry Bradshaw. I didn't know. I mean, I remember I remember him leading the Super uh, the Steelers to four Super Bowls back in the seventies. I remember him doing commercials, and I know him now on Fox TV. But that's one of the I didn't know about him. Uh, he had a little bit of a singing career, a song that charted on the top forty. I could have guessed Zimmer radio personalities for a long time before I came up with Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Well, why Hannah uh, finds, uh, and Hannah, to the opposite, Hannah is a very gifted singer. I shouldn't have stepped in. And (laughs) you did fire the first shot there, Hannah. I I did. Very talented uh, guitar player. Uh, Oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) I know four notes. (laughs) And we've played her stuff here on the show before. Sounds like a great time to do it again, personally. And it's. You can hear the clicking and the, the typing as he's trying you know, to Chappelle find it. Chappelle said white people love an electric guitar. All white people. And it's really I good. found that to be true. Here's Hannah. I gotta say that that's is really that is church quality. Now maybe not Sunday morning, but that's definitely <laughs> Sunday evening service quality. Yeah, the, uh, Wednesday the, maybe. Yeah, Wednesday but, for sure. Oh yeah, that's the, the highlight on a Wednesday night service. The for, guitar skills are not quite there, but here's Brandon. It's Olivia Rodrigo. You know, Brandon, after hearing that, I think you should give Terry Bradshaw props right now. (laughs) Terry sounds pretty good. It's not that easy. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Some things we didn't get a chance to get to during the show this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri before we get into the uh, Gary... Nolan Show, my dad's favorite show here on the radio station. Our guest co-host this morning, Scott Fawn, hosts TV show This Week in Missouri Politics. And it's pretty interesting. You want to get some insight to some of the things and what lawmakers are thinking. You've got Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And you've also got This Week in Missouri Politics. It airs on Sundays. You can also search it out on YouTube when you're searching for Wake Up Mid-Missouri on YouTube. Scott also has uh, the Missouri Times, which is a, and actually has uh, publications throughout the state. Clayton Times. Uh, and then from uh, southeast where he's he's from. And you're going to be doing something interesting in Jefferson City. What are you doing today? Yes, we had a journalist uh, last year write a story where we had some undercover footage of folks. And, and you, you think of illegal immigration, they'd be walking across the border. But where do they go next? There's huge commercial developments. Like, you think of illegal, illegal immigration like some guy's roof in a private house, right? No, this is everybody on the whole crew was 
illegal except for one person. We had a guy walk up, ask, he said, well, we'll give you 150 a day. You live at a hotel, like eight to a room. Uh, you work six days a week. And then we found where folks had fall off scaffolds and they were broken, never seen the guy again. And, th- and it was just very blatant. And this is right on the interstate in, in, in O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh, so we write the story. And basically the Department of Labor says, well, it's not our problem. So I get the governor on my television show. He says, well, yeah, call the Department of Labor. It's their problem. So I take that back to them. Well, the attorney general says we can't. So I get the attorney general on my show. The time was Eric Schmidt. He says, yeah, that's, they should take care of that and refer it to us if it's a problem. So I take that back to them. They said, we don't have any money for it. So that last year, Senator Lincoln Huff, conservative from Springfield, put a quarter million dollars in the budget to have a hotline to call and say, when you see this problem, call it. It's their job. So Representative Jim Murphy, who helped file that legislation and get the ball started, asked me to come testify on the committee of how this problem came to my attention and what happened. So I'm going to go down today and testify in a House committee. I'm going to put my good overalls on and represent simple hillbillies all over the state and say, well, what's their excuse now? The truth is Department of Labor is just basically flipping off the state of the state legislature. And I reckon they probably aren't asking the governor's permission. So we may um, we may uh, we may ask who's in charge of the Department of Labor to the Department of Labor. That's one of the big. So today you're going to be testifying on that or yep. what you what you uh, uh, have learned. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a question to be like, well, who's doing anything about this? And I would say who isn't doing anything about this? I like it. By the way, Congressman Bill, former Congressman Billy Long, he's guest co-hosting this morning. And if we would have done a listener mailbag this morning, we would have gotten to his uh, his uh, text, which said, "I hope you fumigate the uh, studio before I come in tomorrow." With Scott Fawn having been in there, well, I hope you crack the window tomorrow for all the hot air that's going to be in here. Uh, Billy Long here tomorrow. I, uh, I, I love listening to Billy. Oh, he's talk. great. He could he could be reading Stephanie's favorite recipe for fruitcake, and he. <laughs> He'd make it entertaining. Marsh, what you got for leftovers? Hey, they caught the guy who robbed the credit union. Allegedly robbed the credit union. 28-year-old Jefferson City man Trey Connor. He was the guy accused of robbing River Region Credit Union in Jefferson City back on January 19th. Said he was a guy wearing all dark clothing and a ski mask. Jumped on the counter and said, take me to the vault and then ran from the place. SWAT team got him. He's now facing charges. Clearance rate, according to the FBI on bank robberies, it's pretty. It's like sixty percent. So sixty percent of the folks, uh, when they try robbing a bank, sixty percent of the time they get caught. Average take, I think, last week read is like forty three hundred dollars. And I always want because they don't make this, those stats available. And John, I know this is as a journalist who's been doing this here in Mid Missouri for a lot of years. You would have asked, but they never say like how much. How much did they take from y'all? What was the take? What was the grab? And then. I wonder how did they catch the dude? Any any word on that that we've been able to discern this morning? Any word on how they caught the guy? The magic words in there says surveillance camera saw the guy enter and leave the business on foot. It was a you know a while, but uh, who knows? Kind of sounds like somebody may have. Piped up. Makes you have more respect for how good Jesse James was at his craft. Hmm. There you go. Well, you think about um, what happened with the dude who robbed the adult toy store. Uh, was that in January or was that December? Uh, dude around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, right around Christmas time. And apparently the dude, he's on the streets talking about it. Like, hey, you see you see the TV and the, and the dude who robbed the adult toy? Guess what? That's me. Well, guess what? One of your friends ratted you out and turned you into the cops. Oh, I mean, yeah. the guy walked around with multiple bags of sex toys. What stick out, right? <laughs> so to speak. Uh, the other thing 
that I wanted to cover here in uh, Leftovers. LeBron James, I don't follow the NBA, but everybody knows who LeBron James is. Was hoping to get this Kyrie Irving traded to the to the uh, Lakers, currently plays for Boston. And apparently the L.A. Lakers, where LeBron James currently plays, they were like, yeah, it's pretty much a done deal. Kyrie Irving's going to come here. We're going to win a championship. Didn't happen. <laughs> this Kyrie Irving goes to another team. But what uh, what LeBron tweeted after that, I thought was kind of cool because I have a good friend that I go to from time to time. And if I'm in like bad sorts or whatever, I'm having a bad day and I'll do this. I'll, well, and then this coworker, this. And then when I went here, they're mad at me and these people suck and that and all this. And my friend stopped me on this day because I'm whining about everything and everybody in this life and how they're messing with me. And my friend stops me and says, Maybe they're not the problem. Maybe it's you. And you know what? He was right a lot of times. All these things happening, it wasn't everybody else that day all of a sudden decided to turn on me. It was it was me. It was my headspace. So I rather appreciated the tweet from LeBron James when he found out Kerry Irving was not coming to the L.A. Lakers. He says, 